What's up, Slick Talkers? I want to promote a quick little thing that we're doing at Good Morning Hospitality called Good Morning Retreats. This is our first ever retreat, and we are hosting a hospitality training retreat at the Horst Schultz Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. Now, this is going to be July 8th through the 10th, and it's for operators only. So if you're a property manager and you want to actually dive into the inner workings of providing hospitality and not just the operations of your business, then this is what you need to do and sign up for. So go to goodmorningretreats.com in order to get into an intimate setting with other operators just like you. If you go to the website, you'll see the published agenda and other things around the whole retreat. We're excited to host you. And if you're going to the retreat already and you've already confirmed your spot, we can't wait to show you what we have up our sleeves for this event. Now, let's move on to the episode. Thanks for tuning in. And like always, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Welcome back to Slick Talk, everybody. This is Will Slickers, the Slick Talk Hospitality Podcast. Um, today, I'm joined with a special guest named Bill Cates. Bill, how are you doing today? Doing well, Will. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for being on the show. I think you're our most uh, known or at least more um, experienced, most known guest that we've had actually on the show. So I want to say thank you for that. Um, so, Bill kind of talk to us about your background and what you do. Uh, this episode, really, we're going off of like referrals and the, just the overall humanization of hospitality along with marketing. So Bill, mm-hmm. kind of dive into what you do. Well, uh, I'm a serial traveler. Uh, people ask me, hey, Bill, where are you from? I say Marriott Hilton, you know, you name it, not to leave anybody out. Just <laughs> that's where I am. And so I, I am I am a customer, a guest of uh, many of the folks listening. Uh, but for the last 25 years, I've been helping businesses create more purposeful word of mouth, not just word of mouth for word of mouth's sake, but directed purposeful to attract the right types of people, et cetera, referrals and introductions. These days, we're focusing a lot on making sure we get introduced to people, uh, especially on the you know, the convention meeting sales end of the thing, uh, the spectrum to make sure you get introduced to uh, prospects. And so I've written a number of books. My most recent that's out now is Beyond Referrals. Mm-hmm. And it focuses on not just getting the referral, but getting the introduction, reaching out to the new prospect, even some sales skills to convert that prospect into a new client or customer. Uh, because after all, the referral, word of mouth, you name it, that's not the end game. The end game is the new business, right? Uh, or the repeat. Exactly. So that's what we focus on these days. So how did you get into this? If you don't mind me asking, like what was the beginning step for you to really find and discover this method of referrals and just word of mouth and kind of making that introduction a new sale? Yeah, real quick. Uh, I owned a book publishing company. I, I sold the business. Uh, I was looking for the next thing to do. And buddy of mine said, you should be a professional speaker and writer. You'd be good at it. And I go, great. What's that? And I didn't know anything about the world of speaking, writing. The thought of writing a book was very foreign to me at the time. (laughs) Uh, But I slowly got into it and I hung around other people who did that. And that's one thing I've learned that when you want to do something, 
whatever it is, find other people who are doing it and hang around and learn from them. And uh, so I, w I became kind of a generic sales speaker for a while. And I was looking for more focus. And we know that, uh, generally speaking, the more narrow our focus in terms of what we're looking for, the better. And this idea of referrals, word of mouth, introductions uh, came to me as I was listening to somebody else's audio tapes. It was way back when, when they actually had audio tapes. And uh, so I said, that's what I'm going to write my book on. That's what I'm going to talk about. And so 25 years later, it's, I'm still focused on it. Wow. So was um, anybody like Tony Robbins a big inspiration during this time for you? Or is this kind of a, just something that you really, like you said, just decided to focus on? No, no. Tony was definitely a, an influence. Uh, you know, Tony's great at what he does, obviously, in, in a lot of respects. Uh, uh, before Tony, there was a guy named Zig Ziglar. Anybody listening old enough may remember Zig Ziglar. And, mm -hmm. and my girlfriend at the time made a little... You know how you used to have uh, people's names on their desk, a little plaque or plaque, something that says person. Well, she she made one for me. It said Little Zig. Uh, <laughs> I'm nothing like Zig Ziglar. I, I'm not a rah-rah, rev em up kind of guy. I mean, I, I'm energetic. But uh, nonetheless, I just really like that idea. of. I've always been a lifelong learner. I do believe in improving myself, my awareness, and my capabilities. And so it just became yeah. a... And I'm an old rock and roll drummer, musician. And for me, it was a combination of, of entertainment and performance. And I get to learn, and then I get to try what I learn, and then I get to teach it with others, teach it to others. Uh, and hopefully, they benefit from that. So it's uh, kind of took everything I've been doing in my life and brought it, brought it to a head. Well, it's pretty, honestly, for me as a young entrepreneur and hotelier, it's pretty exciting to kind of hear that because I feel like the same way for me, I invest in myself. And like you also said, hang out with the people that you are, that are doing the stuff that you want to do. Exactly. Um, I find, I find that, you know, repetition and kind of not, I wouldn't say mimicking, but shadowing and observing mm -hmm. and constantly applying that really does take a major effect on your attitude, the way things start lining up and you start making connections with people like you were talking about referrals and stuff. Um, so with the referral coach and the marketing side of this, mm -hmm. um, when you're talking referrals, are you talking like the email connections or the networking events? Like what type of ways do you find referrals and build those connections? Yeah, they're really, it's, it's all of the above. Uh, so my very first book, Get, uh, Get More Referrals Now, Get More Referrals Now, yeah, that's the book. It was a while ago. Um, it's still out, by the way. It's still a good book. But so we focused on on four main areas. We focused on customer service. In your case, you know, guest service, guest engagement, guest relationship. And we should talk about that this engagement concept because it's it's pretty important. And so we focused on that. Why? Because you have to be referable. You as an individual, the hotel, the experience, everything has to be referable. Has to be, you know. The, the word remarkable, what does remarkable means? Worthy of remark. So we have to be worthy of remark. And then I also had a whole section on networking, going to events. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I can be extroverted when I need to be on a call like this. When I'm giving a speech, certainly I can be very extroverted. But uh, generally speaking, I'm kind of introverted when it comes to going to those networking events. I, I don't like those things. And 
Uh, but I've learned to get good at them. I've learned to accomplish mm-hmm. what I need to. And that's a big part of it. And, you know, when you go to networking events, there's really two kinds of folks you're looking for in a very general speaking way is you're looking for a potential prospects for the business, uh, people that may do business with you. But you're where sometimes the best leverage comes is looking for other people who can introduce you to the people. Uh, Con, uh, Ivan Meisner, uh, founder of BNI, uh, calls these folks contact spheres, and every industry has their natural contact spheres. These people who have the ability to send others our way, and so we have to become referable in their eyes. Otherwise, they won't send anybody to it. Just by the way, just because you—I mean, it's great to give referrals. That's a big part of it. But just mm-hmm. because you send referrals to someone, just because I—if I send a referral to you, for instance doesn't necessarily mean you're going to send someone back unless you really feel good about me and you trust me and like the work I do, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a, that's, that's a place where I see people falling down. Sometimes they ask for referrals or introductions when they haven't really earned the right yet. Um, and then we had a section on, on asking how to ask, how to do it in a way that isn't aggressive or pushy. Uh, most people, yeah, desperate. Most people are afraid to ask and, they don't want to look pushy or make that person feel put on the spot. And I, I get that. And on the other hand, you don't want to look needy, unsuccessful, like you say, desperate. Uh, the good news is there's a happy medium and we can, we can get into that a little bit as well. And, and uh, so there's a lot of different aspects to this, this whole thing of, of referral, uh, you know, events, different types of educational and social event marketing, it's a big part of it. Now we've got social media, LinkedIn and other social media that play a role in word of mouth, certainly, and, and even introduction. So uh, it, it's, it, it's expanded to a pretty big world. Yeah. So, so not only referrals and kind of networking and, mm-hmm. you know, having those people that are the referable people that, you know, the, the, the sphere you call them is what they were. Contact spheres. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, like you said, the whole marketing social media side of it is huge, especially with, I've, I've always said for any of my listeners who, you know, are listening to this episode, the hotels are, I feel like the hotel industry is usually one of the slowest adapting industries mm. when it comes to, um, to what the guest wants. Cause we're so set on, you know, what, you know, holiday in or, you know, um, quant, uh, quality ins, you know, choice hotel brands, mm-hmm. um, the generic, brands that what we've always done in the past and now we have a new traveler mm-hmm. you know we have millennials we have the business you know economy is doing good right now so we have a lot going on and people are looking for different experiences and they're looking for you know hotels the big thing i'm seeing with every hotel i've ever been at or stayed with they are trying to find new ways to get you pretty much grab your attention to refer your friends and say, Hey, like when I stayed in Palm Springs, this hotel was really above and beyond, right. You know, that type of experience or, um, with guest services, Mm -hmm. having someone that really stands out on your team, really being a referable asset, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wow experience. It could be, it could be an individual that creates a wow experience that goes above and beyond maybe what they needed to do. I mean, I'll give you an example. And this was early in, in my career as a speaker. Um, you know, I was in a hotel room. I think it was a double tree, if I'm not mistaken, and because of the cookies, you know. And, uh, and um, so 
I, I was ironing a white shirt uh, for my suit to speak uh, that the next morning. And uh, there was some stuff, you know, dark stuff that accumulates on the bottom of iron sometimes. And it went all over my shirt and the shirt was unwearable. Uh, now, luckily, I had another one. So then I could purchase one down the road. But, you know, they apologized. They handled it well. But when, by the time I got home from that trip, I had a new shirt waiting for me. Uh, at home. So that's above and beyond, right? It's one thing to say, I'm sorry. It's another thing to say, you know, we'll compensate you for that off the price of the room or whatever. But it's another thing to actually look and see what size shirt I wore and then to send me the same shirt, you know, uh, when I got. So that, that wow experience does a lot. You know, I'm still talking about that 20 years later. Um, but, there, you know, one thing that the hotel industry ha has done pretty well, uh, I'd say, and uh, needs to keep doing is, I mean, it's all about knowing your customers, knowing mm -hmm. and knowing the demographic that you're going after, right? There's no hotel can be all things to all people. And, yeah. of course, that's why you have, you know, Weston, then you have W and you have Mary and M. And, you know, you have all the different ones that are uh, catering to different demographics. And yeah, the all their soft brands. Yeah, all the, mis the, the mistakes that a lot of brands make, a lot of uh, professional service people make, is, is expanding the tent to try to be too many things to too many people, and then you never really satisfy any. So, you know, when you promote your brand properly, then you will attract the right people into the property, right, to the hotel. If, exactly. if, you, if you don't promote it properly, then, then you'll get people that aren't a right fit, and then they'll be disappointed. So, you know, the key is always make sure it's a right fit. You know, is this property, is this hotel the right for that customer, that guest, right? And, that, and that's critical because if you have a mismatch, then already you're, you're, you know, you're behind the eight ball. No, exactly. I have a similar kind of story with my first hotel that I ever worked at was the, the Davenport Grand in Spokane. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the autograph collection with Marriott and, um, you know, 716 rooms attached to the convention center. You know, it's a beautiful hotel, beautiful property, but it's attached to the convention center. It's got 60,000 square feet of event space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a conference event hotel, really. Um, and during our busy conference season, we would get a bunch of, you know, a couple of leisure guests that were coming just to get out of town or they were there for a wedding or whatever. Um, and they would be a little bummed because the lobby was packed and the restaurant was full and, you know, this, you know, it just wasn't able to meet their needs because they were there to relax and, you know, all this other stuff. We don't have a pool. We have a bunch of meeting spaces is what pretty much the whole hotel was built for. So it was a dissatisfaction for the guests that weren't there for business that weren't there for a conference. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, when you're a city that's very popular for events it's hard to pretty much accommodate for both types and so you, you would see that you see the business guests would be happy but the overall leisure traveler may have been disappointed during that full season yep um and i would kind of want to go back to what you were just saying about that wow moment mm -hmm. for all the hotel people that are listening whether you're a gm owner manager supervisor front desk agent whatever um those wow moments are super easy to create you just got to take an extra five minutes and you know where That's the wow moments come the most it's when there's been a problem i mean exactly you, you can create wow moments without a problem you you can hear an interest a desire 
that a guest may have and then surprise them uh, in some positive way, which is great. I, you know, I, for my, the newest book I'm writing now is called Radical Relevance, and it's how we communicate our value to people. And so I've been doing a lot of research on the brain, brain science, neuroscience, and they're, they're actually when you do an unexpected pleasant thing for someone, um, it could be as little as they drop a 20 on the ground and you pick it up and hand it to them. That, it, it lights up a part in the brain called the nucleus accumbens, and it's, um, it, it, it's just, it, there's a physiological response to that. So uh, th- that's why those things are so big. There's a lot of people talking about creating these wow moments, but they really mean something. It's what people remember. But, you know, back to the, the, the problems, um, you know, I, th- I think most people would agree that a relationship that's had a problem that's been handled well is actually a stronger relationship than one that's never had a problem, right? Because you go exactly. through this adventure of figuring it out together and, and people see what you're made of if you're really willing to be there and try to figure it out. And uh, I, I worked for uh, one of my clients was in the printing industry and Gary was a sales manager and he, he forbade his sales team from coming to him and saying, Gary, we have a problem. He'd mm-hmm. say, no, we don't. And they go, no, Gary, really? We have, no, no, we don't. No, Gary, we have a, no, 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 we don't. All right, Gary, we have an opportunity. Bingo, what is it? You know, it's like he had to ingrain that in their in their head. And it's one thing to get it psychologically, intellectually, you know, yeah, a problem really is an opportunity to show people what we're made of and how we'll be there for them. But, you know, realistically, when someone's cranky and complaining or, you know, something's gone wrong, it's pretty normal for a human to have a sinking feeling in their chest, right? It's like, Oh boy, here we go. But over time, when you shift your awareness and you hear that negative, you hear that complaint coming, you just say to yourself, all right, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to be in it. I'm going to take care of it, whatever I can do right now. Are some guests unreasonable? Yeah, they are, but They can tell when you're there for them. They can tell when you're not hiding, when you're not making excuses or passing the blame to someone else uh, or even repeating the party line. Now, there may be some policies that can't be circumvented. Sometimes that's true. I get that. But they can tell whether you're being robotic or whether you're just humanly caring and want to make sure you can fix it as best you can. So, you know, those those are the we got to go looking for that stuff. If we ever hear a guest that seems disgruntled, don't let them walk away like that, you know, say, Hey, exactly. you know, I, I get the feeling that you're not happy with this interaction. Let's, what, let's, what can we do to make it right? You know, and it, it, that, 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 what can we do to make it right for you? Or what can we do to fix this for you? A lot of people are afraid to ask that question because they're afraid they're going to ask for too much. Yeah. But the truth is that's not always the case. Quite a, the guests are quite often very reasonable. Someone just wanted you to know about it and care about it, right? Oh, exactly. So. Sometimes I just want to ear for yep. for the the words to come out of and to listen. Because um, yeah. oh, I was gonna say, I just every time I've heard a guest complaint or get a guest complaint, yes, I've been doing this for a little bit and I've you know gotten pretty advanced in my career. But every time I get one of those complaints or a bad review, my there is that sinking feeling in my chest. But that's where we have to remember for anybody that's in the hotel or restaurant or hospitality industry in any shape or form, whether it's sales, marketing, accounting, like we're, we're a people business. We're in the, that connection. And so if you don't have that sinking chest feeling, then really 
you don't care. And when, mm-hmm. when you, when you care, it shows and the guests that whether they have a problem or a, just had a really good time and you did go above and beyond and create wow moments for them. Mm-hmm. And it builds that, that relationship because no ro- robots can't replace us. Alexa hospitality can't replace the people, you know, there's all this tech and other stuff that's going in, on in the industry world, which, yeah, it's great and it's important, but at the same time, people just want that connection, whether it's a simple unscripted greeting at check-in, uh, a bottle of wine placed in their room for a honeymoon or anniversary, you know, just those little things. People want that. They want to feel special. That's why they travel. That's why they pick certain places rather than others. Um and so really we have to remember that we are in the people business. We are in the business of making these memories and connections. And a lot of people forget, like when you do have those guest complaints, sometimes, you know, we can get offended or, you know, if you have a lot of pride in your job, I understand I've been there when I was a fresh new desk agent, I took a lot of pride in the property that we were in. So when I got a complaint, I took it personal. Mm. You can't do that. You have to really pull up your pants and kind of just say, okay, like I, like you literally have to make that conscious decision to jump in and just say, all right, let's just take care of it. Let's get it done. Let's take care of the guests really. Cause at the end of the day, you want them to come back and you want them to be happy. Yeah. It's really, it's a difference between, um, you know, willingness to, to jump in, you know, when you sense someone's unhappy rather than hope they won't bring it up or hope it'll go away. Well, yeah, it may yeah. go away, but so goes the referrals, the guests, the everything. And, so, you know, you mentioned this human connection. So, you know, we mentioned earlier about being referable. Any any restaurant, mm-hmm. hotel, you name it, has to be referable. Otherwise, people will talk about it and in a positive way. And so our studies have shown there's really two elements to, to becoming referable. And so, First of all, we have to connect with our customers on the level of value. And what I mean by value is, you know, in a hotel, you know, it's clean. It's uh, the line that the check-in isn't too long. The, you know, the bags get brought up in a, in a, uh, a you know, a, a, a timely manner. And all, all, the, all the aspects of running the property, all the aspects of a restaurant, things are handled the way they need to be handled, right? So that's the kind of the level of value. But then there's the personal connection, the human connection that you mentioned. And what we found is satisfied clients may be loyal or satisfied customers may be loyal. There's actually a low correlation between satisfaction and giving referrals and creating word of mouth. What we need is engaged customers, engaged guests. And when we engage on that human side as well, um, that's what makes all the difference. And so there's got to be both. And, you know, some, some companies, some brands, you know, have created a, a, a personality, almost a humanness to the brand that people become loyal and a lot of word of mouth around that because of human connection, uh, not just, just doing the job right, if you will. Uh, so that's what it's engaged customers, people who engage with the individual's that's that's the i mean i'll give you one example all right so i was in india in november and when we were checking in uh in a hotel and this was in jaipur uh and the hotel manager helped me with something i can't remember what it was we were there for three days every time i walked through the lobby he knew my name hey mr hello mr cates you know it's like 
from one little encounter, he made sure he knew my name and, exactly. and he did it with others. And that's like, you know, that's like, whoa, how, you know, how do you remember my name? He says, well, it's my job to remember your name. <laughs> I appreciated that. No, I've actually had a lot of guests in the past, whether it was my first hotel or my third or second or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I still talk to because of that simple, just remembering their name at check-in, whether it's an easy name or a hard name. The challenge was if they had a hard last name, I was trying to remember that. Yeah, You can remember remember their face, but their name would you know always be a stumble. But I still talk to uh, guests from my ho- first hotel on a weekly, monthly basis. And just because you had that simple interaction of remembering their name, being able to, uh, you know, not go by a script and kind of open up a little bit. Um, you know, remembering names is, is really, it's, first of all, you got the, the attention, the attention to do it, intention to do it. Uh, yeah. but for myself, if I'm meeting, let's say I'm doing a workshop for 20 people. If I start that workshop out and say, all right, I'm going to remember everybody's name and, and work to do it. I can get it. I can go around the whole table in order and tell everybody what their name is. But if I'm just kind of blase about it, then, you know, I'll try and then it goes away. But what I've learned is to create an association. So if somebody's name is Frank, you go Frank Frankfurt or hot dog. He's a hot dog, Frank. All right. I mean, you know, you just, whatever. Uh, someone's name is Linda. All right. Well, that was my sister's name, Linda. All right. So any kind of association you can do and you take that little extra two, three, four seconds, boom, the, the, the name stays with you because you took that little extra time. And, you know, it's one thing to call a guest by their name when they check in. Yeah. It's another thing when it's in front of you in the, on a computer screen, which is nice. It's another thing to remember it when you don't have anything in front of you prompting you. And that's where people really, that's the wow. And that's where people feel at home and welcomed. And you know what happens when you, when you create those wow moments and you do those things, there's little extra things for you. When they do have a complaint, when they express it to you, it's going to be a lot easier. Because exactly. They, they're they're going to be a lot more calm. Because they like you already. You've, you've made that yeah. extra step or two um, to know them and to personalize the experience. No, exactly. And when you say, so you're talking about engaging with the client or with the customer, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, for you, have you ever experienced a Dutch Bros coffee stand? I have not, no. Okay, for me, like they're, well, when I was in Spokane, Washington, they were very popular. There's a couple of them um, in the area, and I went through them pretty much daily. Um, but what I really liked about Dutch Bros, not only was their coffee, you know, they had a good product, but the... The culture, the vibe, I guess you could say, they created um, was very engaging. They had really good music playing, whether, um, you know, sometimes it could be a hit or miss. It could be the, you know, the top uh, popular songs or it could be a little bit of a country station or a little bit of reggae, you know, but it's always upbeat. They were engaging. They were very personal, whether they're busy or slow. They were very interactive. They were talking to you. They got to know you. They asked these questions. They remembered your drink with the next time you came back. All the same things that we just talked about mm-hmm. that people that work at a hotel can do. Remembering their the room type somebody likes versus, you know, if they're a rewards member to give them the extra bonus points or their drink voucher if they're a, you know, a gold or platinum Marriott member, you know, mm-hmm. just remembering their certain style. Um, I, I even remember 
some guests like their Amex card being charged versus their visa. Mm. So you always ask, oh, uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Chardin, do you want your visa card today or do you want to do the Amex? Mm-hmm. And then he'd always give me he'd always give me his Amex, even though he booked on his visa, he wanted it on his Amex. So at the same time, it's just those little things that you can create to engage those moments, whether it's remembering points, card, room type, whatever that may be, it's uh, it's important. It's important to get to know that whether what I'm actually finding hard where I'm at now, because I'm on the coast, so I'm in Seaside, Oregon, what I'm having a hard time now is, yes, we do have our repeat customers um, that come for a yearly event or you know, an anniversary or something, which are very important to all businesses, but we don't have as many frequent weekly or monthly visitors. That's a little hard to keep up with that. <laughs> exactly. And then so when you, of course, you know, during November, October, you have Mr. and Mrs. Smith that come or, you know, whoever, but with a big convention hotel where I originally started, that was easier. We had people there weekly, even monthly or biweekly, you know, some people you could always constantly see and it made that, that interaction very easy to, to create, to more engage. Um, but now here, yes, you don't have all those weekly, bi-weekly, monthly visitors, but you have those people that are there, not just one night, they're there three, five, seven nights because it's vacation. It's a getaway. And you know, they, so all you these... may... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's a, uh, you may not have, the weekly monthly interactions but now you have seven days where you have to engage this guest whether it's uh, right from check-in to to breakfast one morning or you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. well you know this all these wows all these things we're talking about i mean everybody gets that intellectually they understand the importance of it usually uh you got to hire for that um you can train a certain amount into people you can certainly give them ideas of how to create the wow you can you can say what other, you can teach them what other people have done what to look for but if it's not in in the personality if the dna there is isn't there then it, you know they won't look for it they don't think about yeah. it they don't care about it so that starts in the hiring process um having that that empathy for other people and that, that, exactly. that, uh, that desire to go above and beyond that service attitude. And, you know, some people have a service attitude uh, in their life in general and, and some people don't. And so you hire that uh, for a good part and then you refine it through the training. Exactly. And the series I just did with um, this guy named Scott Stanfield, he's the, the GM coach, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for restaurants. Um, and so we just talked about hiring, sustaining, and training. Um, and so what we were talking about the training process is that you, or actually I, was, I should say the hiring process, you know, he asks these specific questions to see if they have that empathy, um, if the emotional intelligence to serve others. Right. Um, and by picking specific questions to, um, you know, to see if they have that trait. And then versus now in training, where once they made it past that, that step to really train on how to I guess I I always have a hard time like I have that natural ability to you know see these moments Mm -hmm. but sometimes I get so caught up in doing other things that I forget to act on the moment Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where I think training that's where you're able to I think you have to constantly remind yourself and your staff whether you're a hotel or restaurant but 
to constantly take the time to act, just slow down a little bit. Yes, you have your checklist and everything else you need to do, but at the same time, I would much rather have you err on the side of hospitality and empathy and emotional intelligence to make them a wow moment than get your checklist done and make sure the place was clean, you know? Yes, no, no question about it. Um, you know, when you have that inclination, that thought to do something, something nice, something giving, something serving, then then do it. Or what I do is I'll either do it if I can or I'll make a, you know, a mi- reminder, a sticky note, <laughs> Uh, to make sure I don't forget about it for later because you're right. I mean, it is a matter of slowing down. And sometimes it's hard. Look, you can't always do everything all the time if you're slamming. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, you know, most of the time you can. You know, there's one thing I want to make sure we talk about. It's it's part of our system. We call it the the value discussion, but it's essentially checking in to make sure that everything is okay. And And most people in the hospitality business do that to a certain degree. Uh, yeah. You know, when I check out of a hotel, how was the room? How was your stay? Uh, you know, if you're leaving a restaurant, they might say, how was the meal? Maybe. Uh, don't get that as much there. How was everything? But, you, you know, it, it people can tell when it's robotic versus sincere. And that's the key. The key is to make sure that it comes across sincere that you really do care and you really do invite negative feedback if there's something wasn't right. Cause you know, what happens is a lot of people won't complain about the little stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously there's some people complain about everything, but generally speaking, most humans, they don't want to get into the negative space. They don't want to complain about the little stuff. Like if the shower didn't work quite right, sometimes they'll tell the desk clerk, sometimes they won't. Right. And, and, but, but when we, when we create that, you know, tell me how, tell me, rather than say, was everything okay? Yes or no. What if you made it an open ended question? What if, what if you say, you know, like, how was your stay? That's a little better, but that's still kind of mm-hmm. closed ended. Okay. Right. Yeah. A lot of guys said, will just say, okay, good. It was okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. But if I said, tell me about your stay, tell me about your experience with us, you know, this time around, Mr. Smith. Now yeah. you're, you're inviting, a, a, you're inviting more and, and people get that and they say, Oh, well, I really like this, but you know, there was this one thing that really could be better or whatever. I didn't want to mess, you know, bring it up. I know you couldn't do anything about it, but because that's where you get that little stuff that needs, you know, if they, if you said to them, you know, on a scale of one to 10, Mr. Smith, how were we this time? Well, I'll give you guys about an eight and I go, Oh, well, eight's not bad, but you know, we do want to be a 10 in your eyes. So what, what was missing this time and that willingness to step into that little stuff. And, and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. They know that uh, sometimes you can prevent it in the future, but they feel better because they expressed it because they said it. And you take that emotional charge off. And what that does is all the good stuff remains and the negative stuff. If there was any goes away. Um, exactly. but, but if you don't give them a chance to express that little negative stuff, whatever, however small it was, then it doesn't go away and it colors what, what they might do or review. They might give you in TripAdvisor, et cetera, et cetera. No, definitely. So we're coming up on our 35 minute mark here. I want to take a quick, um, sponsored break. And then to wrap up the episode, I think we should really talk about, um, loyalty program type mm-hmm. direct bookings and kind of what you can do. Um, Because like you just said, we, you know, you can always ask, how was your stay this time? 
or how was, you know, the, you know, tell me about your stay. Um, there's some other things that like Hilton and Ritz Carlton and other properties do um, to prevent that negative complaint leaving uh, without being heard. So mm. we're going to take just a quick sponsored break and then uh, we're going to dive in and kind of wrap this up with how to pretty much tie in the referable and the wow moments to uh, direct bookings and loyalty programs and all that kind of stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we kind of were talking about just the overall wow moments, the personalization, the way to stand out and become referable uh, today with Bill Cates, a big uh, marketing expert, the referral coach. Um, so we just ended with the um, the moment of, you know, kind of catching people how to engage the guests, whether um, it's getting them at checkout or check in um, with how was your stay? Tell us about your stay. Um, kind of opening up that feedback that kind of putting that door out open I guess you could say mm -hmm. um, to get the feedback for negative or positive feedback um, one thing I've noticed with at least what I've applied at my hotel now is that once the guest checks in we write their name and room number on a list mm -hmm. and then after about 20 maybe 30 minutes we try not to go above more than that maybe 15 is about the sweet spot 15 minutes and then we call the room and if they answer, then we say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Smith, how is, how's the room so far? Um, you know, just want to check in and make sure it's up to your standards. And mm -hmm. a lot of guests get thrown off by that because mm -hmm. no, not many people do that. Riz Carlton does. It's where we kind of got it from. Right. Um, but it opens up again, like you just said, you know, maybe housekeeping kind of missed a few things or, um, you know, maybe the reservation was incorrectly booked and they got the wrong room type and they were afraid to say something. Mm -hmm. You know, you never know what could happen with that guest because the moment they book, the moment they check out, there's a lot that goes in between and a lot of probably miscommunication that could even happen, whether you book through booking.com or Expedia or hotels or kayak or even with the hotel directly. So it opens up that feedback like you just said. And uh, what I want to really talk about is kind of, I guess for you in the referral marketing area, mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of guests like OTAs or what they're called is other travel agencies, um, booking.com, Expedia. We have a lot of them in our, they're a major source of our, I guess our bookings and our, our arrivals. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people know if you're in the industry or not, if you're just listening to this podcast and want to learn a little bit more about marketing, um, a lot of these OTAs, not, not a lot, actually all of them. Um, once you create this business partnership in a way, um, you end up having to pay a specific commission of that room rate. And now, so you may, and you also actually even have the discounted rate with them. So now let's say your rate is at 159 for one night um, on booking.com or Expedia, it may be, you know, 139. So it's $20 off. And not only that, is it $20 off, but you're paying 18 to even 25% mm -hmm. of that to the, to the booking party. So what I've been training my staff at the desk, um, really at the desk is where we can kind of catch these moments is um, you see that they booked on booking.com or Expedia. Um, and let's say for us, our, our property, we have a repeat guest discount. So if you stayed with us once, whether you book through booking or book direct, um, we give you 15% off no matter what. And that's a way for us because we don't offer 15% off to anything. So um, 
So we want you to direct book. Now I've been training the, the desk agents to really focus on seeing these. And if the guest has a really good experience, um, kind of capturing it like, Hey, I see you, you booked on booking.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you loved your stay and you just gave me all this good feedback. I would love to give you my card. Go ahead and give us a call next time. Cause we'll give you 15% off no matter what. Just call us directly. We'll price match. We'll, you know, do whatever to get you to book with us directly. And honestly, being honest about that, like we want you to book with us. We don't want these other third parties getting your reservation. We want your reservation. Um, and just being open with that because a lot of, once they have that connection with your property, they'll be like more inclined to realize, oh, we're going to be doing them a favor by booking directly. And you take out that third party, less hiccups, less everything. You have their notes in the system. You kind of get to build that relationship. Um, and so I find that very key, whether it's an independent boutique property or a massive change best West, or chain uh, like Best Western, Hilton, Marriott, you know, capturing those guests that you do see come back weekly, monthly, yearly, and capturing that as a good experience and a way to win them over to your property directly. Yeah. I'll tell you how um, I think a, a way to consider doing that. I, I'm, I'm always um, my, my radar always lights up when I hear anyone uh, potentially talk negative about another service Um and true, you know, you want the business rather than hotels.com. I get that for lots exactly. of reasons. And actually for the guests, it's actually better to book direct too. I, I almost always book direct. But um, one of the ways to do this in a ways that creates this sense of engagement we were talking about is to let them know, let them in on a secret, if you will. Let them, uh-huh. you know, it's like pulling back the curtain of how the, how the industry, how the business works. You know, Mr. Smith, um, let me let me tell you a little secret that a lot of people don't know about. A lot of people don't realize that um, if you call a hotel and say, hey, I could get this room for 149 on Hotel.com. Can you match that? Most hotels will say, yeah, and we would do that for you. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. OK, right. So it's it's kind of you let them in on the secret. You, you teach them a little bit about how the industry works that they didn't know about. And, uh, that, that's, that, then that's a little bonding moment with you, right? That's like this, this engagement, uh, that gets created. You become their friend. You become the insider that teaches them about the business. So just, uh, just the thought about, you know, a way to get that message across to people. Who's the one that told you that secret? Well, you're the one who told me about the the the, the booking <laughs> secret that, that I can <laughs> that I can get a match, uh, but um, and I'm the one who's telling you about make it look you know make it look like you're really giving an inside secret to your clients to your customers. No. Sorry, you know it's no, it, I totally agree. It, it I mean I for instance totally different industry. I work with a lot of financial advisors and yeah, uh, these are people trying to get referrals. You know where where they're talking about each other's personal stuff money and it's uh you know I, I know that when i when i work outside of financial services it's even easier but you know when when someone likes the their advisor for instance they like anybody and and that person opens up the 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 curtain a little bit and tells them a little bit about how the industry works what what their goals are in the practice what they're trying to create you create this engagement, this loyalty with that person when you when you just humanize the whole 
experience. Um, so anyway, I just, uh, I think it's great to let people in, in on that. And one technique I've learned is just, you know, let them make it like you're giving them an inside secret that, that you don't tell everybody. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually really like the way you put that because even though, yeah, I did kind of share that with you, which is, it's a lot of people don't know, but a lot of people do know, like some people like can, will watch the hotel that they booked. Um, w- watch their rates as they change because rates change daily. We're no longer in the weekday rates and weekend rates anymore. It's kind of a constant shift to the market. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of factors go into it. And for all my revenue people and, and analytic people, we love that stuff. But at the same time, we have to remember, you know, there's people that are shopping. They're constantly looking. Um, so if a hotel doesn't match a booking.com or Expedia rate or whatever, um, that's kind of a loss on them. I've only seen it a few times and it's only because they have a bad seed, I guess you could say at the desk. Mm-hmm. Um, cause matching a rate like that, really the business owner, um, is getting a lot more out of it and a lot more gangs for the property. Um, but like you said, sharing it, like it's a secret, right. excuse me, um, is actually a, a really cool way because like you said, you kind of open up, uh, you know, something that they feel is unique. They don't get many people sharing them the secrets on how to get a better deal because we, as business owners or even um, business operators, of course you want your your most increased revenue stream. You know, you want to increase numbers every year. You want to receive more revenue on a weekend versus then on a weekday or whatever it is. Um, But when you're sharing that secret and kind of offering a better deal, you're not really offering a better deal. You're just offering the same deal, but you're not having to pay any commission on the back end. So that is a great way to not only increase revenue for the hotel, but also build that connection and engage. Mm -hmm. That's great. So I think it's really, really important. Um, We also were kind of talking about hotel loyalty when you and I first talked Mm-hmm. Um, you said you're a, you're a lifetime member with Marriott, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So you, you've kind of, I think you, I guess the easiest way, cause the, I've obviously first property I've ever worked for was Marriott and it was an autograph collection. There's only 97 in the world at the time. And ours was number five out of, out of, you know, 97 mm-hmm. and our owner owned four of them. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, uh, we were pretty much the top dogs of it, but you, what I've experienced and what I saw, I don't know if this is the same way for you, but you resonate with the brand. And then of course, developing a proper loyalty program ensures that the guest is always getting something in return. Is that kind of what you have experienced or is it just because you travel so much and you figured might as well Marriott's pretty consistent? No, I, they did resonate with me. I mean, look, I get, I've had great experiences uh, uh, at lots of different types of properties and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and most do a, you know, pretty, pretty good job, but part, you know, part of it was a little bit by accident and that I was just booked in a lot of Marriott's early on and, you know, yeah. the points accumulate. I had over a million points once. I remember getting the TV for my daughter out of it and stuff. Oh. And, and uh, so part of it, you know, is, uh, is just the way it works. Um, and, and as long as you're having a continued good experience, I mean, if I was having some poor experience with Marriott, I wouldn't put up with that and I'd, I'd move. Um, 
so that that's the power of the loyalty is that you do you you lock those guests in um and and that's what you want to do so i mean i always tell my clients you know i prefer marriott property and it's only because I, you know, I want the points and and all that stuff and and a little extra treatment like access to the concierge lounge or whatever. Uh, of course, you know it's like, and 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 I think everybody listening understands this concept. All right, so I'm lifetime Marriott. You know, whoopee! It means I travel too much. Is what it means, <laughs> uh, right? That's the bottom line. Uh, yeah. N- now, and since I travel so much, it's nice to get a little extra uh, bonus here or there, if you will, um, because of it. Um, but I, I think, I think that's one thing that, that some folks in some, uh, hotels could, I think, appreciate more. Um, in, in fact, the fact is if someone reaches a certain status in the reward program, yeah, they're, they're happy to have that. They're proud of that. They've earned it, but there it's at a cost it's at a cost of being on the road a lot. It's at a cost of being away from family and friends and not going to that concert with your friends you wanted to go to on the weekend or whatever. Right. So it's, it's uh, to, to have an empathy and an appreciation, not just the fact that they're loyal, but what that actually means in that person's life. And, you know, you use the word and I've used it too. It's, it's, it's humanized. Whenever we humanize that, that's what makes the difference. And that's that. Wow. And that's that, that engagement on the human level. Uh, and you, you, you said that you have some, some customers that you stay in touch with, you stayed in touch with afterwards working at a certain property and you've created a business friendship. And whenever you create a business friendship a relationship that goes beyond the core work that you do together to where you actually care about and know about each other in, in, in ways that go beyond that core work, you know, that's loyalty, that's word of mouth, that's advocacy. That's when you have advocates for you in your business is when you've created that level. Wow. I never actually, I've looked at it that way, but I think the way you worded it was perfect. So thanks. Too good. Um, Bill, we're getting close to an hour. Mm. Um, I know you're a busy man and I'm going to get in the road. What I always like to ask guests um, on the show and on the podcast, just, what is something you want to end the, the episode on? Anything you want to share about upcoming stuff for you, a book, um, maybe just a positive quote or whatever <laughs> inspirational moment. But I kind of want to give you the floor for the last uh, couple of minutes here and just share what you need to share and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I'll give you two things. Uh, one is I, I do have a book coming out in the summer, uh, summer of 2019 called Radical Relevance, and it is how we communicate our value to prospective customers, to current customers. Uh, and so I'm working real hard on getting that done, and you know, people can look, look for that. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you a quote that I just wrote a blog post about um, that I learned years ago that's that stays with me. And it, Vince Lombardi, a legendary coach for the green Bay Packers said it, he says, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And I noticed that whenever I ever get negative, get negative about my business or about other people or whatever it may be, it's usually late at night. I'm tired. I'm flying home on an airplane and I have to stop myself. And I have, and I realize I'm negative right now because I'm tired. And mm-hmm. So that, that one little piece of awareness has made all the difference for me in my life because when I get down a negative spiral of thoughts and I remind myself, oh, Bill, you're just tired. 
right? Then I can get myself off of that and, and realize that's not real. That's just the fatigue creating that, that mindset that's, you know, downward spiral of thought. So for everybody listening, it's when you get tired, that's when the negativity creeps in. So you can't help yourself from getting tired sometimes. And you sometimes can't help a negative thought from creeping into your head, but you exactly. can decide what to do with it and whether you want to dwell on it and spend time on it, or you want to just let it come and go as quickly as possible. So that negative stuff, let it come, let it go as quickly as possible. Just don't just make the choice not to dwell on it. Exactly. No problem. Anyone in the hotel restaurant industry, it can be a draining world. It can be very emotionally draining. So remember that you're just tired. Don't let it get to you. Don't exactly. react poorly. Get over it after a few minutes of rest. <laughs> right. Um, and so also just to promote Bill's book, um, I will also have a link on the uh, website for Slick Talk, uh, which is slicktalkthepodcast.com uh, forward slash podcast. You'll see the description um, about the episode. And I'll also link uh, Bill's website, the referralcoach.com. And uh, we'll... Uh, once the book launches, obviously I'll give a review about it and yep, have great. that all read and all that good stuff. So I appreciate you being on the show, Bill. It's awesome to finally connect and get this uh, episode rolling. I think we got some really good uh, content for everybody and just the overall episode I think is uh, really valuable for all the listeners out there, which we just hit over 1400. So I'm pretty excited. That's great. And uh, again, Bill, thanks just for joining the show. You bet. Will. thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Hey, everybody. Seriously, thank you for listening to this episode with me and Bill Cates. We got to dive in really just on what I love about hotels and hospitality is humanization is connecting it's building relationships and like bill likes to say becoming referable so if you want to look at more of bill cates's uh information about the referral coach and referral marketing go ahead and check out the link in the description uh, it's referralcoach.com you can check him out on linkedin facebook and pretty much any social media platform um, i highly recommend just kind of diving into what that what that means on just becoming referable. Um, again, super thankful that Bill and I were able to connect and reach out and talk to each other about this episode and just overall um, creating this content for you guys. So if you liked it, go ahead and like and subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. Uh, subscribe to my website, slicktalkthepodcast.com. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on any of these topics that we talk about. Also, look out for next week's guest. Um, I'm not going to announce it yet, so if you want to see something really special, go ahead and go to my website and social media. You'll see a little bit of sneak peek and some information. Anyways, appreciate all of you guys. Thank you for listening to Slick Talk and supporting the podcast. Anything and everything you guys do is amazing. I appreciate all of you. And again, check out referralcoach.com for Bill Cates and all his information. And don't forget, become referable and get his book. For real, go get it. 
What's up, guys? Thanks again for tuning into Slick Talk. This is Joe from PBT. If you want to check out our music, feel free to search Perfect by Tomorrow on Spotify and iTunes and all other major music streaming platforms. We have a new album in the works. Hopefully, it will be released in early June. Uh, we're excited to share new music with you guys. We've been working really hard at it. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.